we have a guest speaker today. Uh, you all know that, but I'm uh, getting to know Marcus um, yesterday and this morning. He's a wonderful, empowered man of God. He, he has a powerful story of how God lifted him out of darkness into light and power. He's been healed multiple times himself, and he's seen some powerful, powerful healings through his ministry. And uh, Marcus, uh, through God's leading, is now part of Randy Clark's ministry team. And uh, we're just so excited to have you here today, brother. So let's give it up for Marcus. Give it up. Let's stand up. Stand up and cheer for him. Thank you, Pastor Ben. Love you too, man. Awesome. Um, I want to say real quick, I love the declaration. Um, that is amazing. Our words are powerful. Don't, say, don't think you're just saying random words. You're declaring something over your life, over the life of this church, and over Cincinnati and the area. That is powerful. And I just want to thank you again, um, Pastor Van, and Lori, um, Wilson, Luke, the whole team. They've been amazing. We came in a little early. They adjusted for us coming in early um, and um, had a great time of fellowship. It was just amazing. I feel like I'm part of the family already. Um, and just feel the connection. There is definitely a connection um, that's beyond just speaking on a one time. There's a connection, and um, I think it's going to be a long-term relationship. I do want to start off with just, um, yeah, you could clap for that. It's going to be a long-term relationship. Come on. We don't, we don't need the, um, the, the time where speakers come and leave and that's it, right? I want to impart something to you. Come on. Um, I want to I equip. Um, and, um, the, right now, I do want to give um, a time for um, David Bennett. David, uh, go ahead and stand up. This is David Bennett. Um, he's he's um, come alongside of me to travel with me. David actually sacrifices and pays his own way to come travel with me. Um, and um, he, he, his family's behind him with it. And I love what he just said to me a while ago. Um, he's my Jonathan. Um, his heart to serve and love and learn, but also walk along the side as a friend. He is a true friend. Um, and um, I'm, just, I'm just delighted that David's with me. And um, I mean, he's going to share something that's really important to me um, right now. That's marketplace ministry. Okay, we, we, we can't do it all from here. We need you out there doing marketplace ministry. I've done a lot of marketplace ministry and all the jobs I've had, um, but that's what David is, is a marketplace pastor. David, go ahead. Good morning, church. Body of Christ, thank you for having us. I'm very grateful to be here. Um, so I'm from Connecticut, and I go to Stanwich Church, which is a um, non-denominational church. And it is very much Holy Spirit-filled, praise God. So at the church, I am head of men's ministry. I also lead the healing and deliverance team. And I'm in the process of being ordained as a marketplace pastor. So um, I work on Wall Street. Um, I work for Bank America in Manhattan. Um, I've been there uh, doing the same job for 23 years. And... God has given us um, a mountain, which, which I refer to as work. And for those who don't have work, are unemployed, I know what it's like to be unemployed. And I just want to share with you that God is good, and he is faithful, and he is the door opener. So I just encourage you in that way. But I'm, I'm here to not only encourage you guys, but to commission you guys to do what Jesus did in the workplace. So what I want to share with you is at Bank America, we have a trading floor that is the size of this room. And I sit in between about 400 people. And my job is to trade equity derivatives. So that's my work. And I sit right in the middle of these 400 people. But my calling is to pastor the marketplace. So what I do at work is I preach the gospel and I lay hands on the sick for healing, deliverance, and raising people up at work. And so I just want to share a quick story with you and then we're going to pray. There is a homeless woman on 42nd Street that I'd walk by every day for two months. She was 30 years old, she was a heroin addict, and her name was Amy. 
And because of all the heroin she did, she was missing most of her teeth. And so every morning, I gave her a Bible in the beginning, and then I would share the uh, gospel with her. And then I'd give her a big hug, and then we'd love on each other. And one day, the chief operating officer of my company walks by. And he saw me hugging her, and then eventually, once I was in the building that day, he pulled me aside and into his office, and he says, what were you doing with that homeless woman? And I said, I was loving on her. And he says, why? And I said, because I can. Because I can. And so he, uh, he says to me, or I, sorry, I said to him, it's no different inside here on the trading floor. And I said, people here just want to be loved and valued. And he said, no, it's different here. We're here to generate revenue. And I said, that may be true, but that's not the purpose of why we're here. The purpose of why we're here is to love, is to value, is to lift people up. And so he he had never heard anything like that before, and he just kind of sat there still. But it built a relationship between between him and I that opened doors. So I just want to encourage you guys and commission you guys to do what Jesus did in the workplace. And so I love Romans 12 too, because it says, do not be conformed to the ways of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind to prove what is God's will, which is good, acceptable, and perfect. So if you could just lay hand, I'm gonna pray. If you could just lay hands on the person next to you. So Father, we love you so much. We just give you all the praise and thanksgiving and the glory. And Lord, I lift up this body of Christ. I lift it up to you. And I ask that you just pour out your boldness upon them in the workplace. I ask that you pour out your humbleness in the workplace. I ask that you pour out your love, that they just love on everybody that they come in contact with, not only at work, but wherever, ever, everywhere, anywhere they go. And Lord, I also ask that you pour out your truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, David. Yeah, give him a hand. Um, Marketplace ministry, am I on? Yeah, okay. Marketplace ministry is so important. Um, not only to minister to everybody, um, but also for you and as a child of God, you have favor. You know that? You have, you have favor. I, I'll give you a quick testimony. I was doing a job a um, little, little over a year and a half ago as a business analyst um, for a corporation. 2,100 um, grocery stores. Um, I shouldn't even got the job because I didn't have the right degrees to get the job. A guy got, got me the job um, just through the interview because I asked them about their community efforts. Because I asked them what they're doing for the community. Um, it, was, it was one of those God things. But I sat in this meeting. It was one of the first meetings with all these executives and CEOs. Um, the CEO and the executives and um, vice president. And they're all trying to bicker and, and battle about budgets. And that they're on cut back on certain stores. I mean, it was one of those type of meetings. And God gave me a word of knowledge to look in the binder to a certain page. And then look to another page. And I found where they're spending $168,000 a week when they didn't need it. They're doing double the effort. Two different companies doing the same work. They're spending that money. Point it out to them, saved them $168,000 a week. And that allowed me to have favor with the company to be able to do other things and to have more doors open because God loves his children. He wants you to have favor. He wants to give you insights that will give you blessing in your jobs. And then also, I love what David, he didn't say this this morning, but I love what he says, that when he started the marketplace ministry, um, he was surprised by the response from Christians. He was nervous at first, right? You get nervous, right? We, we, all, we all want to make sure that we're not just rejected. But what it did is it empowered the other Christians in the workplace. And Bible studies have started. I mean, and they're, they're rising up because of what he's doing, because he said yes to God's calling and, and wanted to go and do the work, you know? I mean, can we, can we just all thank God for that? I mean, yes. Um, that he will give us boldness and raise up another people. So... Um, I do want to mention a couple things before I get started here, as my device is not listening to me, but that's okay. Um, I do want to mention um, just a couple things. Um, I have materials. I don't have to bring materials with me. Um, these are not my own books, um, but I have materials because they're tools. 
okay? I, I don't want you just to hear a good word and not be equipped and not given tools to be able to do the work. I don't, I don't want to just leave here and say, oh, that was good. Next week you forgot about it right? These are great tools. Um, Dr. Clark has an amazing gift of writing. He has like 44 books. Um, that's a lot of books to write. And he's writing another one this year, another one next year. Um, he writes a lot, but it's amazing insights. When I started in ministry um, in 96, I wish I had these right here, these three in my hand. And they're available out there just for a tool for you to be able to use um, in your life. And this one's Power to Heal. This one will give you the basics and get you going and activating and equipping for healing. This is the best book written on healing. Even Bill Johnson says that. Um, Dr. Crandall is a heart surgeon, wrote the forward to it. Um, this guy's seen people raised from the dead in the operating room, okay? Um, so there's some good stuff in here. Teach you about words of knowledge, those type of things. Um, this right here is Healing Breakthrough. Um, healing Breakthrough will take away some of our um, issues and our theolo um, theological issues um, in the first half of it that block healing, and the second half of it will explain why what we do in healing services and how it builds faith and how that you can do that too. It's a great book, and I think every pastor, associate pastor, youth pastor has to have this book. Um, when I, my, my son just turned 17, I, um, I've never had Randy ever sign anything. This is a book I grabbed, I bought, and I said, Randy, can you sign this for my son? He's called to be a pastor because this book he needs to have. Okay, and then um, this right here is the ministry training manual. I've trained a lot of ministry um, ministry teams, sorry, um, over the years. Man, I wish I had this. If I had this, it would have been so much easier to uh, just to outline and lay it out there, but it teaches you not only about words of knowledge, it teaches about healing, praying for the sick, but also deliverance. It's really good. These are three things um, I, will, um, I will encourage you to get. Um, I would like to, one is give Van, I'm going to give you this one. I don't know if you have this. Do you have this one? The healing breakthrough? Do yes. You do have it. Yes. All right. Well, we'll give it to another um, one of the pastors. Let's see, Jordan. You come over here, Jordan. Um, yeah, I, actually, um, Jordan. Uh, okay, we're going we're to transition two things. Jordan, um, this is really good. Um, and actually, the second half of that book will teach you how to do healing services. Um, really read that, study that, learn that. And it's okay to use other people's materials to teach on. Y'all know that? You know, Randy always says that he uses John Wimber's material all the time. Is that he learned that from John. He's been teaching all these years. You could teach on that. But Jordan, also I saw you when you're up here today and you're doing those transitions, you're following the Spirit and following the Spirit well. And I feel like God was um, highlighting Timothy to me when, I'm, when I saw you up there. Don't despise your age. You're called for this time, for this place. You're anointed. You're, you're going to set the youth on fire. They're going to be a catalyst for this church. You guys, I'm bless you. Everybody reach your hand out to Jordan. Father God, I thank you for Jordan. I say set his feet on fire to light the fire under this young generation to be a powerhouse for healing, a powerhouse for your word, Father God, and to set this church in alignment with what you've called for the youth and the adults to work together. And Jordan is called and anointed for a time such as this. Bless him and anoint him and let him know that you chose him. You chose him. Listen to that, Jordan. God chose you. You have a right at the table. He loves you. And he's called you. And he approves of you. You're his son. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Hey, um, Wilson, do you have this one? Uh, I'm giving it to pastors right now. I know if you equip the pastors, they equip the body. <laughs> Here you go, Luke. <laughs> that, that's, that's so true, though. Um, I learned that from Randy. You got to equip the pastors. Um, you equip the body. So, uh, all right. While we're going in that, that realm, I, I do want to say this. Tonight, we're going to be doing a healing service. Um, praise God, right? Healing? Come on. Uh, anybody like healing? I'm going to tell a lot of testimonies tonight. Um, you know, give um, uh, examples. Build the um, foundations with the word. Um, we have... Um, a great God, amazing God. I have, I don't even know how many times it's been, maybe three or four times I've been um, listed as disabled, 100% disabled, two, three, four times, I don't know what it is uh, anymore. Um, I, I just think it is, is Satan in his own games at this point, you know? I mean, he can come with bark all he wants, but I know God has me. You know, um, I've seen people healed of um, crazy um, diseases. I, uh, there was a lady just in um, Reading a couple weeks ago, um, went for creative miracles, and she had four valves that were damaged from four heart, heart attacks, couldn't walk upstairs without getting... <laughs> 
she was running around on the stage screaming, praising God the next day. God gave her a new heart. Okay, that's the God that we, wor- we worship. But we are going to go for healing tonight. But I felt like God was saying during worship that we don't have to wait for tonight to get healing. <laughs> I love it when God likes to change things and move things around. So I had some words of knowledge. You are familiar with words of knowledge, Pastor told me. So I'm not going to go and explain all those of what God intends to do um, and what he wants to do. But I was getting this left hamstring pain. It's a pain down through here. Who is that in here? Has that pain in their leg? Anybody? Anybody have that pain? No? Maybe? Oh, back here. Stand up. If, if that's you, and if I call these things out and she just stand up. All right. Um, and you got that pain right there. And that's, that was an aggravating pain. I believe God wants to heal you right there. I also got a pain right here. It's a left side. And I, I, I relate it to kidney stone pain. I had 27 years of severe kidney stones, and God healed me, and I didn't have a kidney stone since. Okay? Is that you right there? So um, is it kidney stone related? Or is it? Or hernia. Well, God heals hernias too. I had that one. Um, yes, I've had a lot of injuries and a lot of issues, but God is so good. Also have um, the L4, L5, which is right here, pain in the back. It's L4, L5. That's you. Stand up. Go ahead and stand up. All the, all the people that is you. They're standing up is making an act, showing people, well, God is actually doing something. He's calling out this. But um, it, um, it also shows um, you know, your faith and saying, okay, God, I'm going to receive this word. And then um, we're going to have people pray for you in just a second. And I, I got this pain right across my right eye, right across right here. I don't know if it was this headache type pain or you had an injury to the head. I don't know which one it is because I don't experience everything. Who's that? Who's got that pain right across the eye and the headaches? Is, you, is it a headache issue or is it an injury? Okay, and it causes pain up there. It's weird. It wasn't like as much as a headache, but it's a painful thing. And, okay, so um, I believe God wants to heal that. And this one, I don't know if this one's prophetic or healing, so I'm going to transition with this one. But um, what is, uh, anybody um, either was in Afghanistan and got hurt, or Afghanistan means something to somebody for a healing purpose, any kind of injury for Afghanistan, military, anything like that? No, that's okay. All right. So sometimes we get these words back to back and we don't know which one to go with. Um, so it's good. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. You know, that's, that's why it's called um, faith is spelled what? Come on. All right. So if someone's standing around you, I like to do this as people around them and just pray for them. Just, just, you know, appropriately lay a hand on them and let's just pray for them right now. And Father, we know that you have called out these conditions and these diseases to, for your glory because you want to heal your people. We pray right now, Father God, that you eradicate the pain and the hamstring in the name of Jesus. We, we pray right now that the hernia will be healed in the name of Jesus. If you have kidney stones in this place, no more kidney stones and Jesus holy name take away the back pain from the L4 L5 in the name of Jesus and um we just pray, Father God, that the, the right eye and the blurriness and, and the pain that's right there, that will be gone. We rebuke pain in Jesus' holy name right now. Let your healing power flow. Let your healing power flow in Jesus' name. Glory to God. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Just pray for a little bit more for them. A little bit more there. Now, as, um, as they're praying, try it out. I want everybody um, that was standing up, if it was a hamstring thing, move your hamstring around. If it's a back thing, um, the hernia, see if there's still pain there. And, and if, you're, if you're healed, raise your hands like this. Give God glory if you just got healed. Praise God. Look right there. Let's pray God. There's another one back here. Praise God. Back here. Back here. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Come on. Glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So that is what God does right there. There's healing example right there. Praise God. If you're not completely healed or we didn't talk about your thing, tonight we're going to go all for healing. I don't have enough time. I love it. Love healing. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about um, some prophetic stuff real quick. So Afghanistan. Does anybody here feel a draw to Afghanistan? Like you, you some reason, have been hearing that word or anything with Afghanistan? Who's that? Anybody, someone raise their hand? 
Over here and over here. All right. I feel like God's saying that, um, that there's a draw to Afghanistan because he's calling you to do something there. And it's one of those things where you're going to hit, your feet are going to hit the ground and the anointing's going to start. You might find, feel, feel like it's overwhelming. You might feel like it's just, it's, it's an impossible situation. But God is calling you there. And as soon as your feet hit that soil, you're going to see the favor and anointing that comes flowing from that. He has called you to a place like that. But just as... Um, Wilson is called, he's going over to Pakistan. You don't have to be fearful because God is going to go with you. He's going to go for you and he's going to go ahead of you and protect you. And so don't be fearful, but no plan. Be wise. Don't just go blindly. Be wise. Seek out God in that. But I believe that that, that is just a confirmation for you about Afghanistan. All right. All right. Bless him in the name of Jesus. All right, you know, when we give these words of knowledge like this and they're prophetic, you know, sometimes we're wrong. I mean, I've been wrong in just painful words of knowledge. I've been, for healing, I've been wrong in prophetic. It's okay to be wrong. Y'all know that? It's okay. We're not perfect. We prophesy in part because we know in part. Sometimes it's just out of the goodness of our own good spirit because we're, we're saved. We have Jesus in us and have our good spirit. We feel like, oh, this would be great if God's doing that. And then we say that, you know? Um, but sometimes our hand of God is on it. And that's when God does something. But we have to try, right? Um, and so I always like trying. Um, so if there's, they're off, they're off, that's great. But I'm, I'm encouraging you to try. To try. Give words. You're in a grocery store and you hear something or feel something. Just ask. Hey, man, I mean, do you happen to have a back problem like right over here? Oh, I, I, I pray for people and sometimes they get healed. Just try. Just, just take a risk. So is there a Mary Ann in here? Mary Ann. I heard that name this morning. Yeah. In first service, I, um, I ran out. I didn't have a lot of time in first service, so I didn't give the words in first service. It was in first service. Um, wow. Well, maybe she'll be here tonight. Okay. So do you, you know Marianne? Is there anything to do with Louisville with her? Louisville? 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 What's for everyone? No? No, no? Okay. Is there another Marianne? No? No? Okay. I heard that early this morning. I should have said it earlier. All right, maybe you can introduce me to her, Wilson. <laughs> All right, um, I like this one because um, I want to make sure it's nobody else first. But anybody have a birth date, 11 Anybody in here? 11 No? Okay, that's why I want to make sure it's first. Because I, I, I got that, that date this morning. I was like, um, okay, God, that's my wife's birthday. <laughs> Ha-ha. And I was like, okay, God, I don't want to give out my wife's birthday as a word of knowledge. That's kind of weird. He goes, why can't you prophesy to your wife? Oh. So Brenda, this is my wife, Brenda. Go ahead and stand up, Brenda. Um, everybody give Brenda a hand. Love her. Um, love it when she could travel with me now. She's a, so, and this, this is what I wrote. And you know me, I always tell you all kinds of stuff that you're called to do, and you don't like to hear it sometimes. But All right. <laughs> Uh, so, um, God has given you a wisdom gift. Um, the call that I saw, you had this, um, like, Joan of Arc name over you. There's a breakthrough that's going to come in seeing visions and strategic planning that will give you swift victories. So, everybody, just put your hands out to Brenda. So, Father God, we just thank you for this call, this spirit that's going to come on her, that she's going to have visions and strategic planning and swift victories, Father God. Encourage her, give her boldness to release what you've given her. Empower her, Father, and release her because she's called, she's your daughter, and she's called to spread what you have given her. In the name of Jesus, amen. Woo! You know, it's, that's the first time I, like, prophesied in public over you. Um, <laughs> But I tell her a lot. She gets these, these revelations. She has this book of revelation that I'm going to start preaching on and say it's mine if she doesn't start. And that's the truth. I mean, it's like that. And my last one, I want to see if there's a, um, I, I heard this together. I don't know if it's my Texas ways um, of thinking it was Carlos or Carlito. Does either one of those names mean anything to somebody in here? Carlos, Carlito. Either one. No? Might be for tonight. Might have been first service. I should have gave stuff in first service. But um, we ran out of time. All right, that's good. All right, so anyway, that, um, moving on to my last one. And um, I know we're going, what time did we finish this one? I forgot. About 2.30? Okay. Um, <laughs> moving on to my last one. I do want to um, do this. I felt like God said to do this um, now. So I would like um, if Van um, 
Luke, Wilson, um, Jennifer, is that right? All right. And I don't see Luke's wife or I don't see Lori. Went home, that's right, she had to go. If y'all could come stand up here, and then, um, which is funny, um, this is Micah, right? Micah, come stand over here. I was walking out of the office earlier, I saw three people standing, I looked over there, and God said, there's a prophet. And I asked, I asked Keith, I was like, who's that right there? Is that Micah? And he goes, yeah. I go, oh, God just said that's a prophet. His back was to me. I haven't met him yet, but um, hey, um, this guy's prophetic. I'm just saying. Um, but this, this is um, leadership right here, and I want y'all to um, listen to me. Um, and, and as a body, this is for you too, but I, I want y'all um, to pay attention to this word. Um, but oh yeah, Jordan, yeah, the youth pastors are important, man. I love youth ministry. That was my, uh, where I started ministry and powerful. I would do it for the rest of my life. Yes, um, wives are part of this. Come on. Um, the wives are part of this. And so, um, so I, I, wanna, I wanna tell y'all this. Um, um, God has been showing me over the last months um, strategic places that he's planning his outpouring to start. And that's a starting place. And then it's gonna pour out from there. There's a, there, this billion soul harvest that's been prophesied and all this is, is a great awakening. An awakening happens where it's not a revival in one area. It's in multiple areas and multiple nations. Okay, and so there's an awakening coming that he's gonna be pouring out. We need to get ready and steward in this awakening coming. But he said there's these epic sinners, not epicenters, epic sinners, where his epic power is going to fall in a way we haven't seen before. And I felt like last week God was saying Cincinnati's one of those places. Come on. But like he said, he wants to pour out in Cincinnati. I didn't know if it had anything to do with this church. I didn't want to assume that. But then God told me in worship that it is starting with this church in this area where he's going to be doing his pouring out and his spirit's going to pour out and it's going to flow to the entire region from there. And it's going to be poured out on this church. Um, and so there, this, this is where um, God is going to be. This is the epic center, Pastor. This is the epic center staff. This is the epic center body. This is where God wants to pour out and you press into his spirit and start seeing greater things than you can even imagine or ask for. Not just in the healing, not just in the prophetic, but in a move of God that awakens a city to move in a power and might to give glory to God and shine the light as we lift them on high. And the outpourings don't come in and you're you're going to have to steward it. You're going to have to work at it. You're going to have to do this. It's going to take a lot of running. It's going to take a lot of work. Like Randy says, he's like, he's like, man, I'm too old for the next pouring. But he's glad he has people like me and Justin and Brian and to do the work. And so you guys, these young guys that are coming along the side of you, and I saw this merge of the generations. And so God also calls it that it's not just one generation, I mean, one separate generations where you got the young people over here, the youth, and you got the young adults over here, and then you got the, the older people here. He looks at every single person in this room is this generation. You're this generation. Every person in this room is a generation together, and he's going to pour out and unite the generation to work together side by side, holding up each other's arms as you move forward into what God is calling. So I just bless this leadership team to steward what God is doing. I bless this leadership team to bind them and unify them, Father, in the only way that Jesus can and the Holy Spirit can, Father God, that you just put them together and let them work together for your glory, Father God. Equip them, unite them, empower them, Father, to be in each of their individual gifts, and whether it's in healing and it's in the prophetic, it's in singing, Father, it's in leading in worship, ushering in your spirit, Father God, this team has been brought together for a reason, for a season, just as this, because you have called them forth to come and to glorify you, Father God, lift them up, Father, encourage them, Father, surround them with your angels, protect them with your angels, and make them bold to go for things they have even thought of in the name of Jesus. Amen. Name of Jesus. Amen. Oh, thank you guys. Come on. All right. If I get to having too much fun, I won't get to the word. <laughs> As the word is good. Okay. So um, everybody just stand up real quick. I just want to pray real quick. We're going to start the service now. I know this. We're getting exercise, right? No. Um, now, I like having you stand up um, and put it your hands out like you're receiving a gift. So, Father God, we thank you for this time. We thank you for the healing that you've already done, the prophetic that you've already done, Father God. We just say continue to move in your presence and your spirit. Let me just be a vessel, Father, to pour out what you've given, to let it go to your people and let them receive it for your glory, your glory, God, nobody else's. In the name of Jesus, and everybody repeat this. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Have your way. Have your way. 
All right, now you give him permission to the Holy Spirit do what he ever wants to, so y'all can have a seat. <laughs> All right. All right, I'm going to quickly go through these slides. Um, I forgot his name already. I'm so bad. Micah, I'm going to go quickly through this. So if you put the first one up, this one, the most important slides for me. Um, ministry is this, guys. It's not what I'm doing right here. It's not my first ministry. My first ministry is right there. My first ministry is my family. I, my relationship with God and my family is my first ministry. If that ministry is not right, the rest of it's not right. If you're in ministry, don't forget your families. That's one of the greatest downfalls that we have in the church right now. All right? This is my family. Y'all saw Brenda. Um, I could tell you this. Um, she is an amazing, strong woman. Um, we have been through so much, uh, and God has been with us, but it's because of the strength of her. She's had to be sometimes my nurse. Um, she's my best friend. She's my soulmate. I love her so much. To have her on trips is amazing. I love you, honey. Um, and so that's Brenda. On the left side, up here on your left is Paige, Mary Paige Digert. Um, Paige is a wonderful, very accurate, one of the most highly accurate prophetess I've ever met. She says it, pretty much is going to happen, and then she'll tell you, I told you so. <laughs> Just the way she is, right? And then um, she's got her counterpart over here, because Lenora, hi Lenora, I love you guys. Um, she, she's just like that. Uh, another great person right there. But um, that's Paige right there. Literally, I mean, like the house we lived in when she was thir- that we live in now. She was 13. She drew the picture of this house that we live in, and there's no way we could afford it or be in it. But God made it happen, and we're in it. And it's this massive, beautiful house overlooking a city. Um, you know, she's just great. Man, she's 18. On the right side there is Hunter. Um, Hunter's our 17-year-old. He's actually speaking it right now um, to his youth. Um, and so he's, he's speaking in, in Pennsylvania right now. Um, should be wrapping up soon. Um, right? He's, I think so. But um, yeah, so he's speaking right now. He has a pastor's heart. He went to Guatemala last year. Um, has a pastor's heart. Like I said, that healing breakthrough. Um, I gave him um, that book um, for his birthday because I know that every pastor needs to have that book. He has a pastor's heart. I couldn't say anything for the longest time until he knew. Once he knew, then God's like, you can say stuff. <laughs> and so if you do have kids and you feel like they're called to something, don't push them into it. Let God expose and show what they're called to, and then you can pour into it, and that's what we're doing now with him. And then right next to Brenda right here um, in the middle, um, the little cool boy that has all the little hair and flipping and all that, um, that's Peyton. He is super, he is one of those athletic, cool guys that his hair bleaches itself every summer, and everybody wants that hair, you know? Um, and then all the girls are like, eee! You know, but uh, he is a worship leader um, at heart. He um, actually was trying out this morning, wasn't he, um, for worship. Um, he's got a worship heart. Um, he's, he's amazing. Um, lately, he's been walking around listening to podcasts from Chris Valentin on his phone all the time um, because that's what he wants to learn. He wants to learn from Chris. I mean, is that great? I mean, your kids, your family can be supernatural. I put this up not only to honor my family, and, and they sacrifice so much for me to travel, but they can be supernatural. And I have a very supernatural family because everything we've gone through, they've seen God move. They've seen our dedication and our 100% all in with God. They've seen Brenda and I, no matter what, not stray from God, no matter how dark it is, no matter how hard it is. We lived in a hotel room with three kids, couldn't afford anything, barely making it, but we still made joy and God our priority. Our kids have seen that. And so their floor, where our ceiling is, their floor is so high, and they walk in the supernatural, it's just completely normative for them. Your families can be that way. You push in and go out there to God 100%, and what we're talking about this morning, your families can be that way. Um, it is so good what God does um, when you push in for it 100%. So there's my family. Um, I want to um, talk to you about social media for a little bit. Who's on social media? Come on, be honest. You did that little side thing. We're in church. No, um, come on. Instagram, Facebook, um, Snapchat. I mean, there's so many. Um, we're going to skip that first slide um, there because just for time here, but um, go to the, um, the, the fear of missing out slide. Um, yeah, there's so many different social media platforms. I'm, I want to tell you, I'm not here to dog social media. 
All right, I'm on social media. I actually did a post a while ago um, showing the worship during Reckless Love. Awesome, it was a beautiful time. Um, I love it. Um, I, you know, social media is a great way to connect. It's a great way to reach people. I'm still in contact with people that were in my ministry um, in 1996 to um, all the way through. I mean, I've got people that I'm in contact with. If it wasn't for social media, then I wouldn't be in contact with them, right? Um, it's harder to just make calls to every single person out there. So. Um, but social media is getting to a point in the level that is causing issues. Did you know that? There are clinically diagnosed problems, conditions that can be prescribed medication and insurance will pay for it because of social media. Is that crazy? Fear of missing out, which this um, ad is um, you know, targeting people that have a fear of missing out, is a true and real thing now in society. You have a fear that you're going to miss out on what's going on in people's lives. You're fear you're going to miss out on showing what's going on in your life. You have a fear of missing out. Um, and so this is a marketing campaign by um, a clothing place that wants you to know that your fear of missing out also applies to their product. That's how big it's come. Show the next one. I was, I was, when I was um, researching and developing on this, um, I got onto my app. I was doing some, um, going on some flights. I was just going to check my flight status, and there it is. Fear of missing out right there on my app for the flights. So if you're on a plane for, you know, even they have like, I think they have 15-minute segments now that you could buy internet for so you don't miss out on what's going on. Come on. Maybe that's a distraction. <laughs> Maybe it is. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I know that it's good to connect, but if it overwhelms you like that, I think it's a problem. I think it's, it's something that the tool the enemy's using. I mean, if you can't put Instagram down and Facebook down while you're sitting with your family at a dinner table, I think there's some control issues there. But, I'm not, you know, it's not necessarily, you know, um, a bad thing, right? I want to make sure you know that. You can have social media and it'd be good. It's just like eating, you can eat and it'd be good, your body needs it. But you can eat, overeat, and be bad, right? Okay, and so it's just like with anything else. Social media is a good platform. We could reach a lot of people. I do wanna put a, um, one of my um, disclaimers out I forgot earlier. If you are doing Facebook Live, anybody's done a Facebook Live in here? Come on, right? You're doing Facebook Live, don't drive and do Facebook Live. <laughs> Especially the leaders in the church. Come on, I want to give a good word and drive while I'm doing Facebook Live. One, we need you to continue giving the word and not die. Okay? Two, we need you to be an example to the people that are watching that you don't drive and do Facebook Live. AT&T did a study on this. That when you do Facebook Live and you drive, it takes 60% of your focus off the road. That's a lot of focus off the road. And you think, oh, I'm, I'm not really looking. If you look how many times the people looking back and forth, back and forth, they're not looking at the road every single time. Don't do Facebook Live and Drive. Sorry, that was free right there. That's just an extra. <laughs> okay. It's even getting this bad where I saw that, um, it was just a couple years ago, but the, the first, um, at a wedding, the first documented, where they, the, the pastor said, you may kiss the bride, the groom pulled out a phone to update his status and pulled out, the wife's, now wife's phone, and had her update her status right there before they even kissed the bride. I mean, it's getting to the point where, you know, the, the pastor's going to have to start saying, well, I now pronounce you man and wife, and you can update your status. <laughs> you know? I mean, it, it, we don't have to update that quick. We can actually focus on the person <laughs> that's that, that we're actually in relationship with, right? Um, Facebook and, and all that is really good, but we need to know that there's a natural thing for us to want to be in. It's, it is. It's something that we, we want to be in. We want to be in the in crowd when we're in school. We want to be with um, the in crowd at church. I mean, I know. I know how church politics work. I know. I've, I've had people upset with me before when I was pastor and stuff because I didn't talk to them enough or they weren't my best friends. I know what you go through, right? There, there's a lot that goes on there because it's a natural thing. But what it is, is God wants us to be in, all in Christ, he wants to be focused on what our lives are, and that's in Christ. But we miss it so much. We do. We, we tend to, to just fill up, I think it's Satan's way of just putting some of these other issues out there um, and things that we'll take up. But um, this, this is, um, it's biblical, and we're going to go over scripture, but it's, it's an alignment issue. Okay, And we can even be doing great things, doing good things, and not be aligned with Christ, and then not be what God wants us to be doing. 
We could even be doing the good things. I know there was one time where I was... Um, I was doing, um, I was working, I had a business, um, we had a low voltage company, we did, um, had a bunch of companies, I, I actually flew around, was doing department defense work, I was an associate pastor at a church, um, we gave money like crazy to the youth ministries, and I mean just doing whatever, I mean we're just really just, just going after God, seeing God move in the youth, um, you know, we, we um, were giving to all kinds of people, um, and then I broke my back. All right. Um, well, I had injured it before. I could hear my wife going, that was before. But I injured it before, but it went completely out at that point. Um, and um, when I was laying there, I realized I was doing a lot of good things, but I wasn't doing a lot of what God wanted me to do. I was building up my kingdom, not his. If I was lined up right with him, the things I've been focused on would have been what he wanted me at that time. If you show the, um, the angles there, um, this is not a math lesson. This is a lesson for us here. So if you look at the arrow that's on the top, think of that, that's where God is. If you look at the bottom arrow, arrow think of that where the, um, your destiny is. And where they two meet, that's where you're at. All right? And so in the first set right here, you see that the person where the, they meet at will be ahead of God. That's not a good place. We, sometimes we get prophetic words and we move farther than God wants us to move because we want to press and make those prophetic words happen. That's why I said pray about it, take the time, have wisdom. We don't need to get ahead of God. God's like, whoa, whoa, hold it back. I, I, I love looking up definitions too. Um, and the obtuse angle or obtuse can be blunt, insensitive, stupid. As a Christian, it's insensitive to God's plans and desires for you for today to be ahead of him. And it's also stupid. We need to know that we need to line up with God to be in the right place. But if we're ahead of him, how do we know we're doing the right thing? I mean, the Bible gives us an example that we're supposed to wait until God goes before we go. Sometimes we get so far ahead of him, we don't know where he's at. We gotta stop ourselves. Or the other one, you look at a cute, where you're so far behind God, it's almost like he has to drag you along. You ever been there? I have. <laughs> You know, you, you, you take it at, like as false humility. That's one of those things where, where we don't want to give God the glory. Yeah, I said that. Oh, no, no, I, I don't want to give glory to myself. That's what we say. That's an excuse. And it's actually a cultural issue that's across the board, not just in the United States. But that we, we don't want to tell the testimony. We don't want to stand up. We don't want, we're actually touching God's glory when we do that. But um, we're, we're, we're like, okay, God's doing that over there, but I'm going to stay back here because I'm a humble servant of the Lord. And God's like, no, nah, that's not right either. And we need to be up there. And you can actually be doing good things. I, I look at the definition of acute. Um, you can have, it says keen discernment, intellectual perception, especially um, being uh, the subtle distinctions. I mean, you could be actually doing great things, being acute, but you're not lined up with God. Responsive to um, slight impressions. Oh, well, don't we want to be like responsive to the spirit all the time? Oh, yeah, well, but you know, God's way over there. Your responsive is late. Ever thought about that? So, and of course, the middle one. If we line ourselves up in Christ with heaven and then move towards our destiny, that's the only way to be right. That is the only way to be right. We have to line ourselves up with God right where he's at. We don't go forward till he goes forward. We move to our destiny as he opens the doors and makes the way. But we don't sit back and wait and have God moving forward and we're, go we're way back there. We move with him. Do we understand? You're following me here? All right, all right. So I want to turn to um, the, the next slide on, on Romans chapter 8. I want to talk about um, you know, some of these scriptures that we know so well that we quote, but we don't see the reality of because we're missing a point. And I'll show you why we're missing a point. But in Romans um, chapter 8, verses 31... Um, starting there, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? You've heard the scripture before? God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he also with him graciously give us all things? That's some good news right there. God, God gave us his own son. How, he'll give us all things, right? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? Are you God's elect? 
God's called. It is God who justifies. We don't have to justify ourselves. I love that. Who's to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure neither death, nor life, angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor death, nor anything in all creation would be able to separate us from the love of God. Now, one, if that doesn't excite you, <laughs> you might want to check your pulse. I mean, seriously, there's nothing out there, nothing in this creation that can separate us from the love of God. Now, I've heard this preached so many times. It's really a great word. I love this word. I'm not saying that we need to not focus on this word. We need to focus on this because like that song we sing, the reckless love of God. It's the reckless love of God that brings us to him. It's a reckless love of God that he goes after us and he encounters us and that brings us into a place of salvation and that experience. It's the reckless love of God, right? But I think God wants us also to know the other part of this. And if you look at the very end, the next slide here, there's a part I didn't say in the scripture in verse 39 and it ends in Christ Jesus our Lord. We tend to not focus on that. In Christ Our Lord, bring up the next slide. These are some scriptures that we don't focus on in Christ. Being justified freely by grace through the redemption that is in Christ. We're justified because in Christ we have redemption. In Christ. Therefore, there's no condemnation with them who are in Christ. But who will walk after the flesh but after the spirit. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things pass away. Behold, all things come new. If you're not in Christ and you're trying to figure out why things are not coming new, there's a reason. You have to get in Christ. For we are his workmanship created in Christ unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. He wants us to walk in these things. He wants us to walk in Christ. I want to bring up Wilson. I didn't, this is not a shock to him this time. Last time was. Give it up for Wilson. I want to I want to explain this to you. So there's Wilson. Last time I shocked him. This time he's ready. All right. So this is our problem with being in Christ. This is what we we do. And our Western culture, our, our Western orthodoxy uh, makes us have this. It's basically it's a law based theology that gets us to act like this. Okay. So this is years and years and years of law based theology. But we're not in the law anymore. If you read in Romans six and seven, you actually understand that Jesus Christ came so that we could fulfill the law through Him. That's why we mean to be in Christ, right? And so we have this mentality where we said, okay, I'm saved now. Okay, here's Jesus. Uh, right? Awesome. Um, but um, so if I'm saved, I'm going to draw these lines. Like this line right here is going to be my drunkenness line. So I can't get drunk anymore because I'm saved. There's Jesus. This is drunkenness. I need to stay in here, right? And then we draw this line. Like this is a, this is a nice little cliff right here. So I'm going to call this like murder line. I'm not going to murder anybody because I'm saved. <laughs> and, and murdering people is not only in the physical. Our words murder people too. I'm not going to murder anybody. I'm saved, right? There's, there's guys. Over here, I'm going to call this my adultery line right here. I'm not going to ki- commit sin against my spouse, my, my wife, my husband. I'm not going to have adultery. I'm going to have that line right here. And um, let's call this one right here that um, maybe we'll, we'll put it lies. Ooh. The lie line, right? Um, that, that one seems great to people, but it's not to God. God doesn't like lies. So we call that the lie line. So in our nature, what we do when we box in like this, this is a law set. This is, this is focused on the law, not focused on Jesus. And what we do is we get as close to that line as possible, but we're inside the line. We get as close. I'm not physically having a relationship here. I'm not committing adultery. I'm not, oh yeah, I only had a few beers. I'm not drunk. Only a few. And we get as close to that line, and there's some blurry parts in there. Like, okay, well, legally, a man like me drinks two and a half beers, I'm legally drunk. But I don't feel it. So am I drunk? Am I not drunk? 
Am I breaking the law? Am I not breaking the law? And we start balancing on these lines, and what it does is, one, it makes us fall, where we get off. Oh, man, I slipped, I fell. Okay, let me get back up here, and let me balance again. You know? And we get to a place where lukewarm. Oh, man, our, our words can be so harsh. Right now, we have a society of young people that words are so harsh that the, um, the suicide rates are raising up in just in increasing numbers. We need to watch our words. They can literally cause people's souls to be murdered. I mean, literally destroy them with our words. Now, how close do we get? Is it okay that we're in a car and that person that cut us off and we could call him a complete moron, a jerk, or whatever else comes out of your mouth? You know, or, or, or can we get someone's face and freak out? I mean, do you understand what I'm saying? I mean, we get on these lines and we're balancing. And what it is, is causing us not to be focused on Jesus, be focused on the law, be focused on whether or not we're in it or not. And we become lukewarm. And then we wonder why we're not in Christ. Jesus came to give us a love set. So he came us to give us this love set that it's impossible in our own might, our own will, to, to obey the laws, to, to, to follow the commandments, to, to live a holiness, righteousness way. That's why Jesus had to come. So we're out here, like, like for me, when I came to Christ, I was in a bad, a bad, bad place, okay? Um, I, I was, I, was um, I, well, I came to Christ and I had an um, experience for a couple of years and I had abandonment issues and I just left the Lord, I thought God left me and I went and lived for the world. I was a drug dealer, I was, I was such a bad place that when they found a torso, that no head, no arms, no legs, they investigated me. Okay, and I didn't do it, okay? um, but um, I was in a bad place. So I was farther away from God as possible. I, I thought I was gonna die. I didn't, didn't care about anything, and I was far away. When God got my attention, I started moving towards God. And I got this all-in mentality, and I wanted to focus all-in. But you gotta focus on Christ. When Christ came, he came to give us a love set. The love set is that you focus on him. What did Peter do to walk on water? He focused on Christ. To do the impossible, focus on Christ. So as, as I'm trying to get rid of this junk in my life and all this stuff that keeps me so far away from Christ, he's empowering me because I'm focused on him. The Holy Spirit's comforting me. The Holy Spirit's with me. And I'm moving towards Christ and these things are falling off. The drugs, the addiction, um, the, the hateful relationships, um, the sexual relationships, all the stuff is falling off. And I'm moving toward Christ and I'm getting closer and closer because I'm focused on him. I'm not focused on what I can do. I'm focused on him. I'm not focused on the fact that I'm over here sometimes and he's way over there. I'm not focused on this law set because if I only focus on law, I'm so far away from God, what's the point? And I need to move towards him to be all in with him. And as I move towards him, there's gonna be times where I'm moving towards him and then I fall. And I get, I get in a place. And what does Christ do? He comes and pulls us up. He doesn't just say, oh, you're on your own. He doesn't say, no, I'm not coming to you. He pulls us up. He doesn't let us sink and drown. He pulls us up. The Holy Spirit's comforting us and we move towards Christ and we focus on him. Before you know it, we're inside what we were trying to get to because we're focused on Christ. And if we do it to the point where we're all in, eventually we'll get to the place where people don't see anything but him. They don't see you, they see Jesus. All right, brother, thank you. Y'all getting that? It's a love set. Isn't it so good that, I mean, he empowers us the whole way, did everything for us, but gives us ability to focus on him and move towards him. It's a different mentality. What if we actually showed the love of Christ like that? Would the world change? Would your community change? This generation right now is looking for someone that's real. Social media, the news media, all of them have been nothing but lies the last few years. The younger generation, they're looking for truth right now. There's someone to be real. Yeah, I'm not perfect. I'm trying to focus on Jesus. I've got issues. I do. I've got to get better at things. I've got to get better. Maybe like, you know, don't go over the speed limit, even though everybody else is. <laughs> Bay the laws of the land. You know, I've got things to work on. You've got to be real. But you know what? They're, they're looking for someone that's so honest right now that if it's someone that says, you know what? I'm a drunk on the weekends, but I don't beat my wife. I don't hit my kids. I go to work Monday through Friday. I provide for them, and then I'll go drink, you know, twelve pack on Friday night, Saturday night, and hang out with the boys, and, and then I'll go do it again next week. They will follow that because it's truthful. Amen. Because they're not seeing the truth in the body. 
See, you want to have a breakout of, of all the gifts and the supernatural, right? Is that, you know, the heart of this church. You want to see a great breakout of it, you got to be in Christ. We want to see all things are possible. You have to be in Christ Jesus. We can't quote the scripture without including Christ. We can't cut out Christ in it. It's not on our own might. It's not on our own ways. But God ordained it to be in Christ. Then we could do the good works. Y'all following that? I want to tell you um, the practical side of it. Um, scriptural. Um, I want to do another scripture in a little bit. I don't understand the scripture right now. It's right here where I wanted it. Oh, good. The Holy Spirit's moving my screen. Um, but um, in John 15, 4 through 8, abide in me and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. You read the scripture on, you know that scripture, right? You can't do anything apart from God, apart from abiding in Jesus. There's so many people that come up and ask me, and I, I want to create a miracle ministry. I, I want to be able to travel. I want to be able to do this. I want to be able to do that. It starts with abiding in Christ to get to your destiny. Me, if I line up with God right here and I abide in Christ who he sent for me to abide in and him and me, my problems become his problems. His problems become my problems. And I start moving with Christ towards my destiny and what God has called. And before you know it, you're walking in the fullness what it means to be a son and daughter. You're walking in the fullness what it means to have the favor of God. You're walking in the fullness what it means to do greater things than he even did. What did Christ do? He raised the dead. He healed the sick. He healed the lepers. Everybody came and touched his cloak. His shadow healed people. Has your shadow healed somebody? Mine hasn't, but I'm moving towards it. Because God said I will do greater things than even he did. So I'm proclaiming that. I'm going to be in Christ as much as possible. But how do I get to this point? I had to give up my life for his. God gave us the example we, we look at Jesus' sacrifice and say, okay, uh, God loves us that much, but how much do we love him and willing to do what he showed us that we need to do? Now, I'm not saying that you have to be, go and become a martyr. No, I'm saying that giving up your daily life, giving up your life and focusing on God, and you can focus every area of your life on God. I went through this. I told you I was in a bad spot. I was, um, I was running drugs across um, the United States, um, United States, uh, Texas, Oklahoma. Um, originally from Texas, not PA. But um, God, God really um, had to get a hold of me. Um, I, I got, uh, finally, the police caught up with me. They had an investigation going. They knew the right time, right place to um, surround my vehicle. There were several, um, um, three or four cop cars, um, 15 guys. Literally, it was, a, it was a complete bust. They got me five, five felony accounts is what I was looking at. So I moved back to San Antonio, Texas. Um, my, my family has a criminal attorney um, on call still, 24-7. Call his cell phone, 2 a.m., he's going to answer. Um, and so I, I called him. He got me out. That is my one call, right? He got me out of um, jail. And so I'm on bond. I'm going to jail. That's what he tells me. He goes, look, man, there's no way i get you out of this. You're going. I mean, you're going to prison. Do whatever you got to do. You're going to prison. All right? My kidneys failing me at this point. I only had one kidney left, and it's already um, starting to fail. Um, I was like, I'm going to die anyway. Who cares? You know, so I'm up partying up, you know, drinking, doing drugs, and then I get in my 280ZX. I don't remember those cars. That little you know, 280ZX, T-top. I um, mean, you know, that car was, was Zoom, and I love to race. And so I'm drunk and high racing this Honda down the highway. And we're, we're getting up speeds exceeding 120 miles an hour. And um, we're flying down the highway, and this highway ends, and then you have to get off, and there's like an access road, and it gets onto another, um, the, the rest of the highway. And I got right behind him on that, um, the exit ramp, and um, we're doing 85, 90 at least going off the ramp, and I went to slingshot around him. And I punched it. And I went right around him, and there was a, pers- um, a, a, a 76, 78 Chevy Nova being pushed people dove out of the way and I slammed into it. The speedometer broke at 85 miles an hour. The hood split. I mean, the, the hood went on top of the cab of the car. The front end split open and peeled back. Crushed in the engine into the dashboard. Shattered every single window on it. Hit so hard. I got out of the car. 
I was cut up, I was bleeding, but I got out. The people were mad at me, of course, but um, the mother had um, warrants for arrest, and I got cussed in three different ways, and they ran. Um, and so I called up my brother, uh, family mechanics, and I called up my brother. I said, hey, man, get your tow truck. There's, my car's over here off 90. I'm, I'm walking down the street. I'm going to get out of here. And so that's how we dealt with things, right? But I wasn't thinking straight what just happened. I went wandering down the street. He actually found me wandering around. I wasn't even heading in a certain direction. But um, later that night, we're with our, our friends. We're just partying it up. And our, my, my friends, I, I remember this clearly. They, they're the ones that told me to go. They looked at my car. And they're like, you should be dead. There's no way you should have got out of that car. I mean, look at the dashboards, like, on the seat. Like, how'd you get out of it? How are you walking? How are you not in the emergency room? Like, God saved you. These are my druggy, doped-up friends that had no grid for God whatsoever. It's a miracle you're alive. And it hit me right there. God didn't abandon me when the doctor told me I was dying. I abandoned God. And so I went, left there, and we, we actually um, we had three houses in a row there. My, that house, my um, great-grandmother's, my father's, and I walked two houses down, went to my father's house to a room in the back, and I knelt down, and I prayed to God. I said, I'm going to give you my life. You're saving me. You're with me. You're going after me, and I'm not going after you. I'm going all in, God. If I live another day, I'm going to live for you. If I'm in prison, I'm going to live for you. It doesn't matter what happens. I'm going to live for you. I'm all in. Every single day, I started doing that. Every single day, I started telling God that. I, ca- I contacted a couple friends that, from the youth group that um, I went to years before. They're still around. They allowed me to come stay in their house. We started praying, reading the Bible. And before I knew it, I was actually already in ministry. Um, and uh, over 500 um, or five, 600 um, singles, 18 to 22s. Um, you know, God radically changed my life when I went in all in with him. The lawyer actually called me up and he goes, hey. I was like, all right, when's the court date? When am I going? He's like, no, I don't understand this. But they called and said they dropped the case. So all the evidence disappeared. God, I don't know what he did with it, made it disappear, had an angel steal it, or one of the cops did, I don't know. I know God set me free, you know? I mean, God, I went all in, and then I, and then I got in a plant church and spent years in ministry, um, ended up getting um, back together with my wife, which was then, you know, became my fiance, and one day we hadn't talked to each other in years, and one day we knew we were going to get married because God is God. Even though I wasn't wanting to get married. I've um, been married almost 21 years in two weeks. Um, yeah, because God is good. But that, that's not the end of it, though. It doesn't matter. When I was bedridden in pain, you watched that video, you saw I was bedridden in pain, but I still focused on God. I still focused on God. And no matter what we went through, in the good times or the bad times, I'm still all in for you, God. I know that you have this. I know I'm going to get out of this wilderness. I am all in for you, God. Even this year, where everything looks like it's going great, everything's looking like it's going smooth, we're seeing favor in so many areas. God's opening up the doors for prophetic words that were given to me 25 years ago, and God is moving in my life, and I'm still, at the beginning of this year, I'm like, I'm all in for you, God. Still during worship, even on a weekly basis, I'm like, God, you have my life. I want all of me gone and nothing but Jesus in me. It doesn't matter how good or bad things are going. I want to be all in. I want everybody to see Jesus and nothing to Marcus. Just see Jesus. See what God can do, what God's done. I want you to stand. The worship team could come up. Um, I want to tell you this, this one part, I mean, how God is so good. God is so good that he doesn't disqualify us. You know that? He does not disqualify you. I told you about, a little bit about my past. I haven't told you all about my past and growing up as a kid. But um, I, was, I went into foster care after living on the street um, for two and a half years. I lived in a storm drain tunnel on my own. And I went into foster care. And um, they, they, I was a really messed up kid. I was messed up, very violent kid, and um, I couldn't even handle a foster family, and um, I was just, I I had no grid for what real life was about, a real family was about, what rules were about, and they had a psychiatrist do all these tests on me, and the psychiatrist said in front of me and my caseworker, they told my caseworker, let this one go, give up on him, he's going to be a career criminal, nothing but a minister society. That was a spoken word over me. That's the way people viewed me, but God... 
God said, no, if you give me all of you, I will elevate you and put you in places you never even dreamed of. You have a destiny, every single one of you. Every single one of you has a calling. God knew you in your mother's womb and put in your DNA a place to move for his kingdom. You have a purpose. You're here for a reason today because God wants to activate and ignite something in you, whether it's going to be healing or prophetic, whether it's going to be pastoring or it's going to be counseling, deliverance ministry. God has a plan for you. We as the body need to work together as no more lukewarm Christians, but all in Jesus and to see the power our God move. That's how we're going to reach this next generation. That's how we're going to transform our community, our churches, our, our places of business. We're going to see God move in mighty ways. I want the, the team that God gave me this this morning and um, I want the team to play this song. I want you to worship the song, um, worship with the words, but say, um, don't worship the song, worship God. Um, worship with this song, but declare these words. Declare these words over your life. Declare these words to God. There's anointing on music. God gives music and revelation for music to cause our spirit to align up with heaven. There is an alignment that needs to happen with mind, soul, and body for us to be in that right place. This will align you up with his spirit. Go ahead.